Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show podcast, I'll get the teeth in, um, on Newcastle Fans TV, and we've done a fantastic podcast with a former Newcastle United midfielder, Dan Barlizer, now currently at Rotherham United, um, who are in the same league as Sunderland, he's played Sunderland on a few occasions as well, has Dan, and um, Sam, an hour of complete and utter Newcastle United talk, Rotherham talk, and some great insights into a professional footballer. Really good lad. Really good of him to come on. Um, got a, got a good head on his shoulders. Um, is what I come away from that. Into a smart guy. Um, yeah, really, really, really good. Um, bit out of the blue this one that that we managed to get someone who's not long left Newcastle. It's, it's been kind of less than twelve months. Um, is still playing a, a good standard. Um, yeah, d- delighted that we that we that we that we got him, and um, yeah, he's 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 a cracking lad. I think we're I think we're down to uh, have around a round of golf with him now, aren't we, Johnny? Yeah, he was talking a little bit. We we're talking about golf before because we, we had to do a second take on it because we we're having Wi-Fi issues, and there might be a couple of uh, internet issues um, in the podcast. Not many. Um, but yeah, off off uh, off screen, we're talking about golf, and uh, he's a big golf fan. Is uh, Dan, and he was off a six handicap, which is a million miles away from what I'm on. But uh, Sam, I think you got to a fourteen handicap, didn't you, at one point? That was yeah, I did. But like, I'd be a similar standard to you, truth be told. Now, so um, we that the handicap system will come into full effect if we if we do if and when we do go for that round. It'd be fantastic if we could do it because I think it would be, yeah. um, be interesting to see how we get on. <laughs> but uh, going back on uh, the actual show with Dan, um, currently we're playing for Rotherham and very unfortunate not to be a championship player. You know, he is a League One player. Be, I mean, talk, we talked about the teams that you'll be up against in League One for promotion. And there's some huge names in League One. Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich Town, Portsmouth, then down the road in the A19. Um, and then you've got the likes of your Rotherhams, your, your Wickhams, who have always been there or thereabouts in, in the last couple of years, Oxford United as well. And it's going to be a really, really tough season for Dan, but you always think that a team like Rotherham could get promoted because they've got the calibre and they've got the players to do it. Um, yeah, he's too good for League One. He, he, he is. He'll smash that division. Um there was a remember this time last year there was a big thing that he, it was like kind of between him Jacob Murphy and um Atsu but wasn't it that who's going to get that last spot in 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 the in the Premier League 25 man you know and it got to Jacob Murphy you know who's done fantastically well this season but Dan was unlucky got the appearance in the um Carabao Cup against Blackburn did okay did quite well um but he's gone and kind of like a lot of these youngsters have like your Ivan Tonys, your Adam Armstrongs, who we, who we talk about in the, in the, in the, in the, in the show that, you know, taking one step back to take two steps forward is, is a good thing to do. So I fully expect him to, to come again and, and to play good level in the championship, if not in the Premier League, there's, there's plenty of worse players than Dan Barlazer that have, that have shone in the Premier League. So I've no doubt He's got the quality, so uh, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, honestly, the very best of luck to Dan because he was, you know, gave up his time. He's actually in isolation because he's been in Portugal. When he left Portugal, he didn't have to isolate on the way back. We've done him a favour, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he talks about his exit from Newcastle, the conversation that he had with uh, Steve Bruce, which is not to be missed. Um, Some of the players that he played alongside mentions John Joe Shelby. So it's interesting to hear what his take on Newcastle United is number eight. And it is really, really fascinating. It's one not to be missed. Um, a big thanks to our sponsor, Beer52, beer52.com forward slash NFTV is your home for any beer, IPA or stout or lager for Euro 2020, which is in 2021. But England, as you've seen, have taken on Croatia. They've taken on Scotland. And they will take on the Czech Republic. Can England go all the way? We'll have to wait and see. But if you want the best beers, beer52.com forward slash NFTV, you can get eight cans. But Sam mentioned it last time round, you can get 10 cans. 
because of Euro 2021 as well. So make sure you get on to that. And um, last word goes with, on you, Mr. Milner, for this one. Um, do you think we'll see Dan as a Premier League player? Yeah, I do. Um, I remember I, I wanted to see more of him, um, given a given a, a, a fair crack of the whip, which we, we talk about as well in the show. Um, he's, he's very open about um, his time with Rafa and, and Steve Bruce. So I, I think with a with a good run of games, stay injury free. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Of course, well. Without further ado, it is the Green and Milner Show with Dan Barlazer. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Green and Milner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Alongside myself, Jonathan Greenwood, and my co-host, Sam Milner, we are joined by former Newcastle and current Rotherham United player, Dan Barlazer. Dan, welcome to the Green and Milner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Great to be here, guys. Um, Dan, how are things at the minute? Uh, you're just talking a bit off air that you in a green list now you're in an amber list and you currently can't enjoy the sun in Whitney Bay yeah like I said before um, two days in my Portugal holiday the amber list comes along and uh, <laughs> I have to self-isolate for five days and pay to get out of it so um, it's a bit of a tough one to take but I'll, I'll just get through it and then be back on the golf course soon exactly we'll not talk about too much about golf though will we Sam <laughs> well, uh, uh, we we definitely will. Um, look, look, looking from your Instagram, you were certainly in uh, enjoying the courses around Portugal, but now no golf for five days. Um, I mean, like many footballers, is it a lot of time on the golf course when uh, it's off season? Yes, definitely. Obviously, with the strict regime this season, well, last season with the fixtures and stuff, it was harder get golfing because it was game Saturday, Tuesday. So you didn't really have much time, especially when you've got nigh on two months off, you need to just cram it all in. So I try and play as much as I can really. And I, I went out for a week there and I played four times. Did your girlfriend mind or did she not have a choice in the matter? The, the first day she did, I had to get her spa day to go on the first day. My missus, whenever I got her a spa day, instead of, oh, thank you, it's now, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do I need I to give you to go and play golf? Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's worth it. Every, if you just have one good shot after the first couple of holes, oh, it's yeah. 100% worth it. <laughs> but Dan, was, oh, 100%, 100%. Uh, but Dan, obviously, you've been at Newcastle for a considerable long time. And when you first came in, obviously, you were quite young. But what was that moment like that you actually, you were a Newcastle player, even though it was so young? Well, very good, obviously. Support Newcastle growing up. Um, my mum side of the family because my dad's Turkish. My dad said he's sport Newcastle, but he kind of didn't. But my mum's side of the family <laughs> were only Castle fans, so it was brilliant getting scouted at the age of nine. But before that, obviously, I was at Darlington and uh, my junior team. But um, yeah, I was delighted. Obviously, my family were as well. You say your dad's Turkish, though. You could have been playing for them uh, last night as we record against Italy. They were horrendous in midfield. You'd have slotted in nicely. <laughs> Don't be saying this now, as this comes out, everyone will be thinking, I want to go to the Turkish national team now. But <laughs> um, Looking at it, yeah, it'd, it'd, probably, it'd probably a goal of mine, because obviously if you look at the England squad, it's nigh impossible if you're not playing Premier League or Champions League football, you're not going to get the England squad. But Turkey, um, you've got quite a mixture, because there's a lad from Brentford who was there, um, and they've just got quite a few players from different leagues. So I think if you have a good season... Um, there could be a chance and it. It would it'd be a, a thing I would look for in the future, maybe. You never know. We might see you play against England. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. You never know what happens <laughs> in football. Exactly, exactly. Um, when, How young do you think you were, Dan, when you kind of realised, actually, do you know what? I, think I can actually make a, a living out of this because you hear some players, some players believe in themselves early on, some players don't really believe in themselves and need like, coaches to tell them. How, what did you think? Um... I think it's when I got me offered my first scholarship. I think up and up until, I think it's about fifteen. 
when you kind of think, oh, well, I've, I've got a chance now because I'm getting offered a scholarship, and then you, you get the hard work from there. But up until then, it's just enjoying yourself and finding what position you want to play and stuff like that. Um, but I would say probably from the age of 15, you think, yeah, I've got a, I've got a chance here now. What are your memories of when you first came to to the training ground at Newcastle on your on your first day all them years ago, and who who was there like in your age group that you were playing alongside? Um, it's funny when you say that because me me mum sent us a photo the other day. She's got you know like the pictures from when you're under twelves and stuff, and there's loads of people there. I think there's only three were out the about twenty two people still playing professional football. So it's mad when you look at how many players you've grew up in that age group, and there's only a couple playing at a decent standard at football. But um, who was my age group? Uh, Arm, Arm, Adam Armstrong, obviously he's tearing it up. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Carl Roberts, he was in there. Yeah. Um, he's doing well at Notts County, but I, I still believe he's he's better than that. I think he can play it higher up the leagues. Um, Kyle Cameron, Torquay. If you, yeah, I don't know if you yeah. remember him. Um, Brendan Pearson, you won't know. I don't know if you'll know him. He's the old goalkeeper, tall lad. Remember, if you remember him or not, he was, he was injured for quite a bit, but I don't know if you ever seen him. But, probably the rest shows. you don't know because they got released. They got released early doors. It just shows that it, what dedication it takes, Sam, just to actually like obviously. Um, Dan's mentioned like three or four players have actually, you know, made a living out of this. It's it's tough, rigorous um, competition, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you look. At... Go on, Dan. No, no, go on. I'm not. I've interrupted you. Sorry, he was asking you a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's it's just like you you see the, the like the like the release lists every season, don't you? I mean, they come out last week, and it's just lists a mile long, and then. These guys have got to struggle round for a, a, another club, and there's some blooming good players that Newcastle, in particular, have let go. We all know the sorts. I mean, like when when you were playing with the likes of Adam Armstrong, Dan, did you did you think that you pair were going to go all the way and end up in the first team at Newcastle? Um, I'd say with the, the form Armour was in at that time, I would say Armour definitely. Um, with me, I was I was playing so many different positions. Like I remember when I first started playing reserves, I was playing right back. And I, I, lo- I, I loved it so much, just bombing on and crossing the ball. And then I got put in a centre midfield, and I think that's when I kind of found my feet there because I like to pick a pass out. So I think it's when I got put in a centre midfield and played that year for the, the 23s, I think I, if I keep working hard, I might get my chance. But um, yeah. You've just got you, you. It's sometimes a bit of luck as well. Sometimes involved, but you've got to just be in the right place at the right time as well. But yeah, oh man, I knew Arma was going to be good. And you could tell when he was younger, he was going to be good. I always remember. I always remember him playing in the in the derby. I was just thinking, I'd love to be that lad who, you know, 18, 19, playing against Sunderland, and you just think, well, I know you've got experience playing against Sunderland. Dan, we'll talk. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, I was just thinking, there was one chance that he had. He got played for, I forget who played the pass, and he was just inside the box, and everyone's thinking, cross it in, cross square, it in. Yeah, because, square it, square it, I remember. Yeah, and I was thinking, but every lad, every Newcastle lad, there was that half-second moment thinking, if I was him in that position, I would have shot as well. Yeah, well, especially how good he is. Do you know how many goals he probably scored that season for the 23s? You'd be, you'd be that high confidence. He'd, he'd shoot shoots all the time. That's why he got that many goals this season, because he's always trying to get half yard and shooting. He's got a great shot, so... I knew he was going to shoot, but obviously the fans, <laughs> the fans probably weren't going to square it up. Hundred percent. Look, look at him now, though, as well. Like, in your opinion, Dan, is he Premier League in the waiting? And of 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 Newcastle made his mistake in letting him go and letting him go so cheap. He's definitely Premier League player. You can't be scoring twenty eight goals in the champ and not be playing the Premier League. It's just. You look at Ivan as well. They've scored what they scored them to this yeah. year. Fifty goals, something like that. As Ivan scored thirty-two, and he scored twenty-eight. Unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I think. Well, I don't know how how much to let him go for. To be fair, I don't know. Did have, have they got a sell on or? It's rumoured, isn't it, Sam? 
Yeah, I think they have got a sell on, but wasn't it like three million or something they sold into Blackburn for? Uh, Peanuts. Well, yeah, if you're looking in that Peanuts. way, it is. But you, but, you, you don't know how, if he goes, he's, he's going to have to go for a, a hefty price if he scored that many goals and go to the Premier League. But you never know because the, yeah. the pandemic is mean, the pandemic as well. They're going to be trying to get people in cheaper. Yeah, good point. But for the for the under twenty threes, were you were you playing with Armstrong, Tony, uh, like the likes of Mbabu, um a few years um, back as well? Because these are the sort of players that we didn't want to see leave. Yeah, well, as a fan, I, I'd I'd totally agree with you. But you you know, it's it's about money as well and trying to get profit off players. But um, Ivan came in when Armour went on loan. So it was I was playing with Armour when we were about 16, 17, starting at the 23s, and he went on loan early. Then Ivan came and then started to play with Ivan. Then I think Kev, Kev came that season as well. And I can remember when he played against Chelsea, it was unbelievable. And then he didn't get a sniff again. So, and then Ivan had a little bit of a, a, a sniff in the Premier League as well. But uh, I don't think he, get, he got his chance much. He had, he had how many good loan spells as well. But um, yeah, I just think he probably wanted to go somewhere and try and score as many goals as you can and get it done that way. Of course. Uh, Dan, let's take it back to you, though. And obviously, you talk about your time at the 23s. Who was, in your opinion, the best coach for you when you were going through the ranks, and in particular the 23s? Who did you think could improve you better? Um, Pete knew how to get if I, Pete knew how, how to get at me, really, because he knew, knew how to get the best out of us, because if I wasn't have a bad game, he would leave a a little comment to try and get us rallied up or something like that. So he knew how to get the best out of us. I'd say Ben Dawson was a very good coach, one-to-one coach. Um, and uh, before that, looking at the 18s, I'd say Liam Bramley. Uh, if you, I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Remember the name. He was, he was at Aston Villa now. He was a great coach. So there's there's been quite a few, even going back to when I was younger. But I think every coach had a different aspect. But I would say probably Pete and Ben, you know, get the best out of it. Ben Dawson in, in particular, Dan, he seems to be a name that obviously he's actually part of the coaching team now. He, he does so well with the 23s. Are you, I'm guessing you weren't surprised that he was promoted into the first as a first team member of staff. Um, well, yes, I know, really, because you think of how many how many staff the first team have. Do they need any more? Because you've got a first team manager, two assistants, and they've just got Graham Jones in. So that's what I don't know four, but he deserves to be up there. But I just think it's it's quite a few coaches in there. Have, but um, yeah, I'd say he deserves it. What's what what's the norm for like on the training nowadays? Because obviously it's 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 only about twelve months since you left Newcastle and. What was what's the kind of norm? Was Steve Bruce the one taking training in pre-season, or did he leave that to, to Steve Clements and Steve Agnew? Um, well, when we went away to that campus in York, it was um, the fitness guy first, getting all the fitness stuff out of the way, and then uh, it would probably be the the two assistants. And then when it when it came towards game day, he would put the tactics and stuff into play. But it was it was a mixture of both, really, both. What is he like as a manager, Steve, in terms of the tactics side of things? Because everyone, obviously, will touch about Newcastle in its current days soon, but everybody has that question mark over him. Were you pleasantly surprised by how he went into games? I know it's just pre-season, obviously some cup games as well, but what did you think in terms of his actual tactics side of the game? Because when you look at when people, obviously, make that comparison with Steve Bruce and Rafa Benitez, and they're completely different managers and completely yeah, better yeah. at different things. What did yeah. you make of them? I think Rafa was more in your face, getting tactics like everything done, cones out and stuff like that, and pressing cones and like a different type of tactic. But he was just, he would just say like, "This is the way we want to play, and that's it." And he'll tell you different aspects of where he wants you to press and stuff like that. But it was just that's how we we're going to play, and that was it. So it was quite easy because you just knew what you had to do. Well, and 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 Steve Bruce is he more of a a man manager, a, a more arm around the shoulder as opposed to the cold hard tactics of 
Rafa Benitez. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's definitely more I'd say more chatty in that with lads, you know, like having a laugh and stuff like that. And I'd say Rafa's a bit more serious, if I'm being honest. You don't want to get on the wrong side of him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, don't have a bit of banter with him. I was just gonna say really? I was because I was gonna say Rafa obviously gave you a debut, Dan, and obviously the, the FA Cup game against Birmingham. And I was just I was just telling Sam this because obviously um you, 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 if I remember right, I was at I was at this game, you kind of just played off the striker, but you sent the midfield partners with obviously the late Czech Teote and John Joe Shelby, which is like obviously the two yeah. centre midfielders, two very experienced midfielders, obviously probably probably keeping you in position, probably telling you what to do. What what were those sort of characters like? Well, John Joe's a character. John Joe's a great great lad. Um uh, Teote, just you know what he's like, so aggressive, wasn't he? He was just always aggressive yeah. and it was it's great to play in front of that because you know you're probably going to get the ball most of the time because he's going to he's going to get the ball for you. But um, I try to drop in because I, I, I like to drop in and try and pick up the dives. But then John Joe was there sometimes, so I had to sometimes leave it out. And then I, I got in and did a couple of dives. So it wasn't that bad because it was rotating. But I thoroughly enjoyed it that day. I was I was a bit nervous the first 15, 20 minutes. But when I got a couple of passes away, I was I was okay. And thankfully, yeah, we won the game. Were. Yeah, exactly. Played the full ninety as well. And um, just to pick up something you said there, Dan, that uh, you said John Joe Shelby's a great lad. John Joe's one that kind of bears the brunt of fan frustration sometimes because he comes across on the pitch as lazy. He's obviously he's not on social media, so we don't, as fans, know his character. But we're told from in, inside he's a really popular guy and quite a funny bloke. Um, what what's he like to 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 be around on a on a day to day basis? Is he a leader in the dressing room? I would say he is, yeah. I would say he's, he's more of a lead on the pitch, if you know what I mean. Before games, he's, he's not as talkative, but on the pitch, he's, he's very talkative. Um, and like you said, eh, he's, he's a great lad. He's got good crack. Um, doesn't really get into many arguments. And uh, he's, he's a very good player. But I, and well, the fans, the fans are saying he's lazy, but it's, it's hard because I'm quite similar. Because if you're playing a, a, a sitting midfielder, everyone thinks, oh, you're not moving. And then you look at your stats after and you've done like 11, 11 kilometres. So people <laughs> people think you haven't moved, but moving constantly side to side and forward and back maybe 20, 30 yards to get the ball, it, it tallies up, you know. So oh, I can imagine. I know, <laughs> so it, it, is, it is quite hard, but... And he's quite, he's quite fit as well. Every Well, last pre-season when I came in, he was, he was looking quite fit, so... Yeah. But, you know, fans, gonna... fan, fans love to have a rant, don't they? We've got to have a rant somewhere. <laughs> of course, it's part of football. It's part of football, yeah. Dan. But, but just going back on that FA Cup game, um, when did you know that you were going to start that game? And did you, could you could you sleep the night before, or was it on the day? And what were your overriding memories of the whole occasion? It was the day before we were in shape, um, and obviously when Rafa was there, he would do set, um, set pieces with the people who were starting. Obviously, he called my name over. I can remember him. Um, it was, it was me and Jack Colback saying, oh, you, you better put your heart on your sleeve and all this for corners and all that. Getting in was a bit. Um, but I think when I, was, when I got home, told me dad, and I was a bit mixed emotions because it was a bit sad, you know, everyone's buzzing. And then the day of the game actually wasn't too bad until I got to the stadium. I was like, oh, I'm about 30 minutes away, yeah. And then I, it was quite, I think it was about 30,000. So it was my first probably proper time playing over 10,000 because it was a Youth Cup game the biggest crowd I played in and uh, I can remember walking it was the first time I'd walked out in that um, to the east eye the east stand when you walk out was totally full and I was like wow and then uh, like I said the first 15 minutes of edge and then I got into the game so it was okay I did alright but yeah it was an unbelievable day oh, and it was my birthday happy. sorry it was my birthday it was my 20th birthday yeah, I forgot about that <laughs> oh, Richie could have let you t- took the penalty. Yeah, I know, I know, and it was it was probably the it was the last time your grand actually the first and last time your grand seen us play for Newcastle. So that was a thinking back now it was it was a great memory to have. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, I, I can imagine that day was a hell of a lot better than the Oxford one, but. Um, 
Were you, were you a bit a bit a bit disappointed that you weren't in and around the first team more towards the back end of that championship season, or, or did did Raf explain sort of his plan that he had for you? Well, no, I think it was even before that. Well, looking back now, there was a couple of regrets I would say I would have. I would say I think I should have went on loan when I was eighteen. I had a chance to go up Scotland um, to Hibs, and then I remember the Oxford game. After the Oxford game, I could have went to Oxford on loan, and that would have been a, a year before when I made proper loan. So I could have had two loans before I was twenty, and I think that that puts you in good stead all the loans. Because if I didn't have good good loans at Rotherham and Accrington, I might not have had a club after um, after Newcastle. So it's quite good because if you do go to a club on loan, you've got it's backup really, isn't it? So you can go and sign for them if you get released or get let go. But um, yeah, I forgot, I forgot what the question was now. <laughs> yeah, did did, did, did Rafa have a plan for you to to, oh, um, to kind of bring you into the first team eventually? Uh, not really. Uh, well, I didn't get told anything to be fair. So, um, really? not really because that that preseason, uh, I didn't I didn't go away that preseason. The preseason just gone is the first preseason I went away with first team. Wow, really? Yeah, because. Well, the other people had been told to go on loan, and then people had been people twenty threes would go up. So, but um, yeah, it was the first time this one I'd been, but um, it wasn't really a problem because I had two good loan spells that other pre scenes I went on on loan, so it wasn't really a problem. But yeah, he didn't really have a plan. But he gave us me debut, and he gave us what did he give us two two more games. He gave us so I'm uh, grateful for that. Yeah, exactly. You can't take that. You can't take that away. Like I say, I think every Newcastle fan who hasn't played at St James is like properly is absolutely jealous of that fact. And the fact that you managed to do it on a few occasions, Dan, is absolutely brilliant. But when you look, you talk about your loan spells, and it was your first loan spell was at Crew, and you only played a handful of games. But did you feel yeah. probably you, you learned more just in that short period? Going into your future loans at say Accrington and Accrington Stanley and, and now at, obviously at Rotherham now, but did you learn more at Crew yeah. just for that first few weeks? Was he playing? Some people call it men's football, essentially. Yeah, well, obviously tw- when you play twenty threes, it well winning doesn't really matter, does it? Because you're not really yeah. playing for anything. You, you, if you you don't if you if you come bottom of the league, you're not going to get wages deducted and all that sort of stuff. You're going to remember going to Crew. Because it was late in the window, I went because I had some better options earlier on, and they didn't let us go until late. And I remember I had two days to go, and the only option I had at that time was crew. So that was another one regrets. I should have went earlier, but but went went to crew. Um, and then you go in, they were in a bit of a relegation battle, and the first game was against Wickham, and I, I came on. I remember I had to mark from Fenway on a corner. I was like, "What? What is going on here?" <laughs> I was I was so skinny then as well. Oh, um, but then, but then even in training and stuff, you would I was backing myself and I was even saying to myself, I'm one of the best midfielders. Yeah, and he's you he just the the manager at the time just put experience in. And you you can't really argue with that because he's. I remember the lad. Uh, what was his name? He played about four hundred five hundred games in League Two, in Championship and stuff like that. So you can't really complain about that. But like you said, I, I learned a lot. And uh, I just, I just said to myself when I came back, I don't want to be playing in League Two again. And <laughs> thankfully, up until now, I haven't, haven't done that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a great learning curve. To... I remember, I bet it was, but I remember at the time when you went and that it was announced that you were going to Crew on loan. I, I thought that's a fantastic move, despite yeah. it le- being League Two. But Crew have got such a history and a pedigree of de- developing young players, and I found yeah. it so. Frustrating. God, you must have been ridiculously frustrated because I was frustrated not yeah. seeing you make many appearances and, and, and the loan was cut short. I mean, did you not go into was it Artel was the manager then or was it who was the who was the yeah, manager? It was Artel. Then? Uh, well Sterry, I remember Sterry was there as well, wasn't he? Jamie Sterry was there. Um, yeah. and like you said, um Looking back, it's th- I think it's youngsters coming from crew because I remember my granddad saying was when I signed, he was like, you do know he didn't even play Harry Wilson when he went on loan there. He, he was saying like the last, last 11 loan players who'd went to crew hardly played. And I was I remember thinking then that the first time I was unused sub, then again, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll go then. I'm not going to be playing here. 
But uh, I just I just trained hard, and it was just it was just one of them going in to speak the gaffer. Told him my views, and he just said, "Oh, I'm not. he thought I was at, at the end of me spell. He thought I was a winner, and I was like, what is going on here? He thought I was a winner, but um, yeah, I just said uh, I remember in the, uh, the 23s we were we were still in the what was it? The, is it like the Champions League of the 20s? I don't know what it was. It was like a European yeah. tournament. And I came back and played against Porto and had a couple of decent games with 23s and then um, got me low moved to Akron and then just kicked on from there, really. But it was very frustrating. But like I said before, it was a, it was a learning curve. And you talk about your move to Accrington. Obviously, everyone, when you hear the name Accrington Stanley, it's like obviously a, a small family community club. But yeah, you absolutely flourished there, Dan. You really didn't. We have to mention the game against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. And obviously, as a, as a Newcastle fan who, you know, would have seen, obviously, the, the rivalry. And then, obviously, you get to play against Sunderland in a league match. And it, and it was on Sky, I think, if I, if I remember rightly, as well. So, yeah. it was on the telly. Obviously, the biggest club in League One against arguably the smallest club in League One. Obviously, the tail of the tape kind of scenario. But you definitely held your own. And did you end up with a draw that game? Was it 2-2, I believe? Yeah, I can remember... Um... Well, I remember first one Akron was brilliant. Obviously, there's there's quite a lot of scousers there, so you know what scousers are like. Always yeah. talk them <laughs> and chatty and stuff like that. And I remember first I was like, wow. But uh, I was really impressed with the football up there. I didn't think they were going to play that much football. And uh, I played my first game against Wimbledon or what it was, and then I went on to play like 45 games or something. And um, But that was a similar situation because it went up the, the season before and he didn't change the team for like 30-something games. But I got in straight away and then just didn't stop from there. But the Sunderland game, I can remember very well. All my family was in the way and my friends and stuff like that. And we went 2-0 up. Um, and it was about 60 minutes. I remember they brought Aidan McGeady on and our right back was knackered, bless him. Knackered. <laughs> and uh, they, 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 ended up, they ended up scoring two late on. But getting a point there, was, it was a great point. But we comfortably stayed up that season. We start the season unbelievable. I think we were third after about 12, 13 games. And um, but it was it was it was very very good, and the football was great, and the people were great. Obviously, um, we'll we'll talk a bit more about Rotherham later on. Obviously, it's really disappointing how the season ended. But did you have one eye on the League One playoffs and seeing Sunderland muck it up again, and just think, oh, I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to getting stuck into them now next season. Oh, yeah. Well, have you seen it? Well, looking at League One next year, there's some massive teams in it now. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday are there. Portsmouth are still there. Ipswich are a massive club. Um, trying to think who else went down with us. Wickham will have a go. There's like seven or eight teams who'll be thinking they're going to get promoted. So it's going to be a, a very, very good season. And even the teams in the bottom half, they're not easy to go and win against. So it's going to be very, very exciting. I was going to say because. Um... It's funny because everyone says, oh, it's, the championship's the toughest division to get out of. But when you mention all those teams in League One, and like you, at least three or four of those teams aren't going to be promoted. And yeah, Rotherham are always in, in there or thereabouts. Rotherham have always been there or thereabouts. They've kind of been like a little bit of a, a yo-yo the last couple of years in terms of championship and League One. But they've never been like lower than fifth or sixth, really, in League One, which is just a, a credit to them. But at Accrington, obviously, you got the game time. You came back. And obviously, you were told you, you, you were going back on loan, but was there other options than Rotherham the first time round? Yes, um, there was Wigan, uh, there was a couple of championship clubs, um, there was a couple of Turkish clubs, but I was never going to go to Turkey. <laughs> Why um, not? You'd have been playing in the Euros if you did. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah, like, might also. <laughs> But it was looking at, I think, would you, would you want to go to a championship club that's probably fighting maybe relegation or just to stay up or go to a, a League One club that's nailed on to win the league or go up? And I was thinking, well, a bit of both, really, because you're probably going to play more games in League One with a very good team. And then championship, if it's a team that's struggling, you might be in and out the team. So I, I'd probably say it was a good decision, really, because... Played a lot of games, another 40 games, I think it was. Well, sorry, 30-something games until I got scrapped because of COVID. But um, we didn't start the season that well that year. Um, we're, well, we're about seventh. 
And then I remember we had a Christmas do in London, uh, all the lads on the lash. And then we came back and went like twenty-one games or something like that unbeaten. And we that's what we we said that we said that hey. this, we didn't have a, we didn't have a Christmas do this year. That's probably why we went down. <laughs> you can have all the sports science in the world. You can have all the first team coaches in the world. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Go on the lash at Christmas. That's all you need yeah. to do. Recipe for yeah. success. <laughs> but um, Dan, when you went to Rotherham first time round, was that when you signed a new contract at Newcastle before you went out on the loan? So did you, there was still sort uh, of like no. a plan in place no, no, to, to keep I had it? Had a, had a, I think it was when I went to Akron. Was it Akron? I don't know. I think I had a year a year left on me deal with the year option then. So I still be well, I had two years left basically if they'd kept the option. So I didn't get off a new deal, but it was I got the two years anyway. So but it was, I think they said it was a new deal, but it wasn't really because it was already in my contract. So interesting. Yeah. Because that's the thing. With with contracts for season Newcastle are really coy about it and don't release anything because it was kind of rumoured that you had signed a new deal and then gone to to Rotherham on loan, and then yeah. a kind of similar thing happened before you then got sold. But you never had a new contract at any point in your time. Um, I think it wasn't even a new. I don't even know if it was a new contract. You know, I'm getting confused now. I think it was just the. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. If, the deal wasn't up. I think it was just like a year on a bit more money with the year option. Right. If you know what I mean. I think it might be. Mm. So, well, it, it's a, it's a new ideal, but the same length. Yeah. What's, what's your relationship like with Paul Warren? Because he seems a character. You watch him on the touchline and you just think he kicks every ball, he heads every ball. And, oh, yeah. You know, really wants, to get, really wants to get involved. Was he the reason that you actually signed for Rotherham first and second time? Was he, was he the... The big, the big reason, or the, the big, I don't know, overwhelming, overwhelming factor. Well, yeah, well, I can remember um, Shaw was saying they, they, um, him and his assistant Matt Hamshaw actually came to Newcastle to show Shawla like a presentation of how they want me to play in, in Rotherham's team, and uh, then they showed me, and I was like, well, no one else has done that for me ever, so I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that, and then just a top bloke really, and he was just saying like you. When he tries to get people in the club, he wants he wants good people. He doesn't want anyone who's big time and stuff like that. Um, and he's just he was just a great man, great man manager as well. And uh, and that's probably why I went back the second time. And knowing that I would play games as well, that's a, that's another big thing you need to know that you you're going to play at least what 70 percent of the season and try and put yourself out there. And uh, that was another reason. But yeah, he's he's a, he's a great guy. That just shows as well just how much they wanted you, and and if they're coming up and like you say putting that presentation together, how how does that work with the club then? Does does Shola come to you and say such and such has been in? They want you on loan, or is it a case of um, it's a bit, it's a bit more. Yeah, it's a bit of both. Um, the agent will probably see these clubs, and then I don't know. I don't know if Shola's still working as a loan manager. Um, but he was yeah, he is, I think. Uh, is he still there? He was very good with me, to be fair, sure. Like, um, I think before before he came in, it was actually a bit of a bit of a shambles, really. No one really talked to you when he went on loan. It was just, just go on loan. No one would see how you were doing and stuff like that. It would have to be agent and, and uh, talking to the club. But when Shola came, he would always come up and say every, say, 48 weeks with me and sit down and how he how he thinks you're doing and stuff like that and um yeah so he, he'll get the clubs that one year and then you could probably choose there with the agent and stuff like that i think that's so wrong that like, the fact that no but before shola came and that no one really kind of said to you like we're, we're damn actually quite impressed with how you've been playing for the last few weeks keep it going you know everybody's um keeping an eye on you and the fact there was no communication you almost kind of just need that though dan don't you just to kick up the backside just to say yeah. well are you playing any better? Are you, are you, can you do any anything better in, than League One or League Two? What what can you bring to yeah, the table? Um, well, I remember the Accrington season. Like um, it was like two or three times that season I was up for Player of the Month, and nobody had spoke to us. I think it was the last game of the season. Someone no, one of the last home games of the season. Someone from Newcastle come to watch us, 
And I remember I was absolutely knackered then. We were playing Luton, we top of the league. We had a man sent off after 10, uh, 10 minutes. So we were playing with 10 men. I was knackered. I didn't really have a good game. <laughs> but, uh, that, that was a, one of the first times. But um, when Shola came in, it was much different. I think you need that, really. You just need a bit of support. That's just someone to call or someone to call you and tell you, well, I don't think you've had a good game now. I think you've had a good game. So it's, it's good that they've got in place now. But uh, like you said, it should have been done. It is. Yeah, because if you think, like you say, you're in flying form for Accrington, if, if if we had someone in play sooner, as you say, they could have been reporting back to the manager and, and go, right, stick Barlazer in pre-season with the first team. And, and things, yeah. th- there would have been that path of progression there, wouldn't there? But um, what was pre-season like, um, well, last season now, I suppose, wasn't it? Because there was the whole dilemma of we've only got a couple of squad spaces. We were in the frame to first. Hendrick, Matty had his contract situation as well. We how where were you of situation and and did was there conversations with the manager how he's going to decide who goes in the squad and and who's going to go where. Um. Well, I, that, I remember I told you that was my first pre-season, but I was disappointed I didn't go the one after my Akron loan after that season. Um, but I was delighted to go this time because I could try and show myself I've arguably been one of the best midfielders in League One for two seasons. So I'm thinking I'll give this a right crack now. Um, and um, it was, I think, I don't know what, what game was it, the Stoke game, I think I had a good game. Um, and I, I even think I even think then I had a chance because I think when you had Jeff and uh, Jeff and someone else come in, I think it was when um, was it Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson came in. Yeah, it was. That was it. It, it must that have been was, difficult though because you you probably, you, yeah. you competing with them though, aren't you? Their new signings. Yeah, but well, well, Callum Wilson and them two they played Premier League for how many years and done very well so you can't really compete with that can you because it's, it's they played hundreds of games in the Premier League and you've only played 100 games in League One so it's it's um, it's it's a whole one but you've got to take it really because I thought I had a, a very good pre-season and I did alright against I think it was Blackburn we played Blackburn and then obviously the Morecambe game I came on for about 20 minutes and it was about 7-0 up I think <laughs> It won't so you can't <laughs> yeah. really show yourself that much. But um yeah, and then just you just had, had the chat saying I wasn't gonna be in the squad. And um and then you said I could go and I could I couldn't I couldn't really I could have been a, a bit of a I don't want to swear, I could have been a bit of a Do whatever say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Yeah, I could have been a bit of a twat and just said, right, okay, well I'm not leaving because <laughs> I was on I was on a I was on a decent wage and I could have just stayed and Played at the 23s for a year, done something like that. But um, I just thought, well, I'm just going to go somewhere that I'm wanted in Rotherham, playing the championship to show myself. So I just decided, well, I'll just do it then. Do you prefer that sort of honest chat from, like, obviously from Steve Bruce to say, look, Dan, you're not in the squad. Um, you know, we, we want you, to, we want you to kind of develop, and you know, they probably, let's be honest, they're probably thinking of getting some funds, and they probably made that difficult, yeah. difficult decision. Is it tough to take, but do you at least appreciate the honesty? Because, you know, yeah. sometimes some players just don't get told anything, do they? Yeah. Um, Steve Bruce, yes. And it's the same with Paul Warren. It's like, if you've had a bad game, you're not starting the next game. I'd rather you tell us straight up than saying, oh, you're not, you've done very well, but I'm not playing. You know, you've done you've done very well, but you're not going to be in the squad. You just said, oh, you're not going to be in the squad. And I was just like, oh, that's fair enough. This is how football works. Sometimes you, you, you don't get what you want sometimes, but... You just have to move on as quick as you can, really. And I did it within a month. I think I was gone. So um, it was very sad, even after that much time, thinking I, I could have given more if I got given a chance in the Premier League. But hopefully I can work my way back up. Kind of like what Ivan's done. Try and work my way back up. And then get in the Premier League team one day. Is is that the 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 big obvious aim then? Because obviously we've mentioned Ivan Tony, Adam Armstrong. Ivan Tony's back in the Premier. Well, he's going to be in the next season. Um, 
if if that's the case, do you think so, like a move like that for for a Matty Longstaff on loan or or even or even both? Do you think that would benefit them in the long run as well? And how much did you kind of with the rest of the lads who were kind of in contention for for that last squad space? Um. It's a hard one with Matty because Matty did unbelievable when he came in, didn't he? I think Matty's a great yeah. player. Um, yeah. I just think he had a couple of ups and downs with injuries at certain times where he probably would have played and he had been injured. Um, and the squad places, I remember Murphy, Jake and Murphy came back and he was unbelievable pre-season. He definitely deserved the spot and I think he's, I think he's doing very well this season. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um it was Christian Atsu as well, like who was an experienced player. And he was obviously he didn't get in the twenty-five, and that's yeah. the sort of caliber, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, obviously, if you look how many games he's played in the Premier League and the Championship, he's had a great career. Um, it's just that thing when a new signing comes in, and he's probably had a better season than you. It's hard to get ahead of him. Really, you only have what, four weeks to show what you can do in a couple of pre-season games, and uh, just like I said, you've got a bit of luck sometimes. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, good to see where he goes this summer because he's out of contract. Obviously, who else than yeah, and, and, and of course Henry Sive's out of uh, out of out of contract as well. <laughs> he 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 was what you could have done, Dan, and he did stick around. Um, did you ever have it? And this is a really random question. I've he's, only just he's thought a lovely, he's a lovely bloke, you know, he's a lovely bloke. Is he? Yeah, yeah, it's so sound. Even when he was in the twenty threes, like you did try, like you had some like certain first teamers who had to play for the twenty threes, but he always tried. He was honestly, I didn't even think he was that bad, you know, in training. I actually thought he was good in training. Yeah. Like people are giving it the perception that he was a very bad player and all this, but he didn't really get a chance. I thought he was a good player, in my opinion, training with him and stuff like that. Well Justice for Tyve. I was always, I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I think I was one of one of his only few games. I think it might have been his first games. Everton away. It was a cool Tuesday, Wednesday night. I, I think I was I was at uni at this point, so it wasn't too far away. And I have a bit. He got taken off after an hour by McLaren. I thought, well, I can kind of understand this. Yeah, I can kind of understand taking somebody off for an attacking player, but it wasn't that bad. It seemed worse. Yeah. Well, that was. I remember that was the only chance really I got. I had. So close to playing the Premier League when I was on the bench against um, West Brom when I was sub right back and Yamnats went down. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> the goalers are going warm up. I was thinking, oh. Then even if you look back at stuff like that, if I got on, if I got on, it, it could have been different. But uh, well, that was with McLaren? Yeah. McLaren, yeah. What was he McLaren, like yeah. as a manager? I think he was a good coach, to be fair. Same again. He was he's very good with good with the lads. He was always laughing and joking stuff like that. But when it got to football and stuff, it was serious. And obviously, he was he didn't have a obviously the the results didn't go his way. But um, it's hard to get results in the Premier League, especially at Newcastle. <laughs> when you say it like that, when Newcastle fans. Yeah, I know, but. McLaren did have he, he did have quite a good squad, a lot better than what like we had after. I mean, look at that mid. I mean, that midfield McLaren had Wijnaldum and Sissoko. They were in the Champions League final against each other not so long back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, was that start when Wijnaldum scored twelve at home but didn't score any away? Yeah. Was that yeah. A start? Yeah. Yeah. I can remember that start. But you can't say anything about that now though. He's won the Champions League and he's probably. You heard he's going to Barcelona, something like that. It's gone PSG in the end. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's went to PSG on God knows what money. <laughs> Is he one of the one of the top players? Did you see him on the training ground much? Did you have many sessions with Wijnaldum? Was he one of like the best you've seen at Newcastle? Um, I did quite a few. I remember I went to the, I went to the La Manga trip actually, and um, he was. Uh, I just thought he used his body so well. Like it was very hard to get the ball off him, use his body so well. And obviously, he, he's very good at heading for the side. He, he's very good at heading. But uh, he wasn't the best I've trained with. The best I've trained with um, Ben Arthur. Uh, he know. was brilliant. Brilliant. He was he, absolutely He in the 23s, I remember. Because I think he came back a bit overweight and he got sent down and he played a couple of games with us. He was frightening. 
Unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Best I've trained with and played with, or technically played with, he played 23's game with us. <laughs> I mean, it was rumoured like he was a bit of a, a difficult character, but I, I think, like, Newcastle fans, we we like that kind of bit of a nutter, don't we? What, was he a bit of a nutter, or was he was it just blown out of proportion? You don't, don't want nice, nice... Nice guys, do you? Or innocent nice guys who are just going to be soft on the pitch, do you? You don't want that. You, you kind of want an aggressive, you know, more yeah. nutter, if you're saying, because they'll, they'll, they'll give everything, they'll put everything there, but, you know, it's about opinions, isn't it, really? Every, it's what football is about, it's about opinions, but, yeah, hmm. you'd, not, you'd rather have nutters than people who aren't nutters. Yeah, 100%. People that are dedicated, isn't it? But, um, yeah. Obviously, when you look at Newcastle now, and we'll touch about you, uh, where you are with Rotherham now and going into the, uh, next season But uh, at the end, but when you look at Newcastle now, 12th place finish under Steve Bruce and, you know, a lot of the season it was, are Newcastle going to stay up? Are Newcastle going to go down? Um, are the players playing for the manager? From what you saw, probably, obviously, when Rotherham aren't playing, when you, when you watched Newcastle, what did you make of the season overall? Well, I'll agree with you there because I think there was one stage you think, well, there's the win and relegation battle now. And then we went on a couple of games where we did quite well. It, it always seems to be the case, doesn't it, though? We'll have like a spell of losing a couple of games and then when it comes to the well, the, the big bit of the season where you have to get results, we'll always get results. So I just don't understand. It's not even with Bruce. Sometimes it was with Rafa and the previous managers where we go to a spell of losing all the games. Why can we not just be like we'll play at the end of the season for the full season? <laughs> <laughs> like if you look at West Ham, once you get on that run early on at the start of the season, you can just kick on from there. But um, I think finishing twelfth, you've done well considering where we were at Christmas time. But it was disappointing the the cup because that was a massive chance in the cup. I remember watching that game. And uh, you could see the mile off the first half, but we we're going to get beat. Did you get sent? Someone got sent off that game. Was it the first half? Did someone from Newcastle get sent off. Uh, was it Fraser? Was that in the first half? Was it Fraser or Hendrick that got sent off? But after that, yeah. but either way, it was a terrible night. <laughs> <laughs> because in some games I've watched them think we've played unbelievable football. And then the next week, it's just no football at all. So, at the Everton away game, it's the best I've seen Newcastle that season. It was so good. I agree. On the ball and stuff like that. And then, like, you look at the Brentford game, like, hardly pass the ball with each other. And, like, the way Brentford played, Brentford just popped it around with him there. Like, during that time when, like, the Brentford game and then going to Sheffield United, playing five at the back and looking horrendous there, did, did you look back and think, oh... Bit of regret. I should have maybe stayed and fought for me place a bit more, or or were you like, oh, I'm glad I've got out of that and I'm playing first team football week in week out. It's a bit of both, really, because I was going through a good spell at that time with Rodham. I would won a couple of games and I was playing every game uh, in the championship, which is a very good level. Um, but then sometimes you think if I, if you if you think, oh, I stayed, and then you've just been in the same position in January. So it's a hard one. If you look back in hindsight, you'd say oh, I'd probably stay and maybe got a chance, but I don't regret anything. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, especially with the way it's ended up for you as well, Dan. But a couple of quick questions on Rotherham. Um, I think the one thing I'd like to know, because obviously you've, you've played championship football week in, week out now, and who did you find as the toughest opposition player? So someone in your position, let's like, say Norwich, Brentford, and Brentia um, by a mile. By a country mile, Brandia. Wow. Unbelievable. I remember, do you know what the worrying, uh, the two games we played Norwich, that was a problem with our season. We, we, we didn't get battered by anyone. We only got beat by one goal. The home game, we went 1 0 up and missed a penalty. And then we had a man sent off and we got beat 2 1. And then the away game, we were 1 0 down. We've missed two absolute sit downs towards the end. So there's, there's a story of our season, but Brandia. He was so sharp on the ball. His touch was unbelievable. His passing was unbelievable. And he's just saying, was it record deal Aston Villa? 
Yeah, yeah 30, 35 mil or something like that. Yeah. Is he worth so, that, so you do you think? At... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he is. But they're having a right go on Aston Villa. Having a right go. Um, but yeah, him and... Yeah. Um, I like that De Silva from Brentford. And obviously, you go, you look at all my knives and you've got to say them, but I didn't really play against them. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Um... Buendia or St. Maximin? Who's better? Are you, going off stats? Are you going off stats? <laughs> Are you going off stats? What, Buendia's got need... better stats. That's what people look yeah. at now, mate. Stats. I'm joking, man. <laughs> no, um, yeah, he's he's the same age as as me. I remember he's he's he can't get the ball. He's so quick. That's the thing with Brendan. He's not as quick as seeing Maxwell. Seeing Maxwell, wow, does if he gets on a run and he's off, that's it. I think that's the only thing I would say he could get a bit better with it passing off a bit earlier sometimes. But other than that, I think he's. We need to keep a hold on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because that's the thing. There's, there's improvement to be had out of him, which is quite a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's still young. And, exactly. uh, yeah, just just not, not even that much as well, by the way, just a little bit, I would say. Yeah. And he could be he could be up there at the top. 100%. Um, obviously, it ended up in relegation for Rotherham last season in... I actually thought you were very unlucky, Dan, because I think it's at one point, I think like towards the back end of the season, obviously there was a couple of COVID issues and I think you ended up having yeah. like four games in hand on the other teams. Yeah. And I think I think one week, I'm sure I've seen Rotherham play like four times in one week. I think you played yeah. something like either Saturday or Sunday, then Tuesday, then Thursday, then Saturday or yeah. Sunday. And you yeah. just think, well, hold on. Like, I know they want to finish this. It's massively unfair because you try to finish the season, and I, I understand that the, the EFL want to finish the season on the same day. Mm-hmm. But surely common sense must come into play yeah. at some point because, in a difficult season like it was last year, you know, if you had a, even a couple of more days rest, you know, you might been, not have conceded in the last minute against Cardiff. Yeah. yeah um, well, we off last season, I remember our sports science was saying we were fair in Europe rather than for total distance as as running. So we're running quite a lot. That's what the, the gaffer the gaffer's ethos is. Try and be fitter than every other team. And up until that point I would say probably we were, we were dominating most games and then the last twenty minutes we were, were kicking on. But I remember we had I had played that two games that week. So we played Sunday, Tuesday, we, we drew one, one one. And then I remember we played Thursday and I was gone. I had to come off half time, I think. It was half time. And then I remember one of the lads, I think he played all four. So it was Sunday, Tuesday, Friday or Thursday, then Sunday. So it was like four games in a week or just over a week. And then bear in mind after that, it's just back into Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday until the end of the season. But um, you can you can say it's unfair, but other teams are just saying, oh, we, we should just lose three points and they should get three points. But... It's a, it's a mixture of everything because there's so many chances over this season. I've thought, I've, I've looked back, we should be in scoring more. Like if you look at some of the opportunities we had in even the last six games, we should have been, even the Cardiff games should have been out of sight in the first half. So I think that was the story of the season. We did well in games and we didn't score enough in the vital times. That's the thing, like you say as well, you never got battered by anyone, even by the, yeah. even by the top teams. And, with the fixture congestions, I'd, you you must believe that you weren't really one of the three worst teams in that division that no. season. No. Well, even if you look at Barnsley, like we played Barnsley. Did you watch the Barnsley Swansea game? Oh yeah, I, I did. I watched the Barnsley Swansea game, but I, I, can I just add? Was it, did you? Was it Barnsley versus Rotherham? Where I think it was like the first minute or so. You keep it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, did, yeah, and give the goal. I couldn't. I, was, give, I think that was one goal. of the worst decisions I've said. Uh, yeah, yeah, they give the goal. See, that's what I'm saying. That's the point that could have kept up. They give the goal. There was another one we played Middlesbrough at home. We're one nil up, and I'm telling you now, if we had eleven men, we would have went on to beat them two or three. And at me, the lad who's playing centre mid with me, Matt Crooks, he's up six foot four. He went ahead the ball, and the kids headed it, and he's just headed his head, like headed his head, and he, the referee sent him off. We ended up getting beat, and then there was uh, there's just been a couple of decisions this season. You think, well, that's majorly wrong, but you know, 
We don't have VAR. <laughs> well, we that, that's, VAR. that's the thing. That's the point I was I was going to come on to when when you say things like that because I always remember Rafa tearing his, his hair out and and that Matt, uh, remember the penalty decision against Burton for us. Um, was it? Is it home our way? Home it was home where it was scored. Yeah. Yeah. Scored and then he he give a free kick instead of a retake. <laughs> the standard of refereeing in the championship is very very hit and miss. Like, yeah. do you think they yeah. need VAR in the championship because it's like a big money spinning league as well? It's still one of the biggest yeah. leagues in Europe. That's just yeah, it's, like it's still in the top there. eight or something, isn't it? Still in the top ten, yeah. I think, or maybe a bit inside that. Well, if you want decisions to go like bang on correct every time, I would say yes, but. Like you said, something I remember the, the Barnsley one with the keeper. I remember when Gaffer got the photo and went and showed it the photo. He was just saying, I'm sorry. He's literally elbowed him in the face and he's given the goal. And even some of the offsides they give. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, like you'll be miles on to be given offside. I think it's just when people go like that, you know, put the hand in the other centre yeah. and they'll just, they'll just flag. They'll just flag. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's a hard one. You, they've got a hard job with their referees, especially when everyone's yeah. in the face and stuff like that. But I think it would help. Well, it's helped the, the Premier League, hasn't it? But well, they're giving off. Well, they're giving off sides like that now, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, well, well they're going to use millimeters. They're going to use thicker lines for next season. <laughs> oh, I've That's seen that. But they should. The striker should still have a, have a tiny advantage. I still think. Yeah. You exactly. Exactly, it's got to be because you, that's what people want to see. They want to see goals. But if Newcastle are in a situation where you know a size seven foot of a defender, and we've yeah. got a size eight striker, like size eight foot striker, like yeah. it's that of the margins, and you just think you just, it's, yeah. I, I, it's well, some of the decisions I've seen this season where, like, uh, was at Watkins when his arm was, it was yeah. just his arm offside. Yeah. I'm thinking you can't use your arm this way anyway. So how can you? <laughs> It's just mental, isn't it? It's mental. Yeah. Um, last question for you, Dan. Uh, we've taken so much time and you've been very, very good, very good value. What is the thing? You didn't ask the he's got nothing else to do. I know. Yeah, I'm hoping that now, don't worry. What is the future for you, Dan? Because obviously you're still at Rotherham. Um, I think you've still got a couple, a couple of years at least at Rotherham. Is, is that where you want to see your football or are you open to a move at the Championship? What, what, what would you like to do if it was up to you? Oh, um, well, I would love to get back rather than back in the championship. That's the first thing. But uh, like you said, everything um, with having I've got mortgage now and stuff like that. So you need to think about what money you're going to be on. And if someone comes and offers money, more money or a, a better league, you've got to you've got to think about what haven't you really? But um, I, I would I would be happy staying at Rotherham. That's that's what I was saying. But if a championship club did come in, you've got to consider it, haven't you? Of course you do. Yeah, but, but but like you say, like you got a mortgage now. So if if that championship club's on like the south coast or whatever, it's a big deal to move. Like this is like the side of football that us fans don't really see. Like you you kind of got to think about like where well, to. Well, sorry, it's di- well with Premier League players, you can forget about mortgages. You don't even have to look in the bank yeah. for mortgages. <laughs> They could go and buy a house outright, and even like top end championship clubs, you know, like the Premier League clubs that have came down, or because even some people are still on 30, 40 grand a week in the championship, only even more. Wow. Even wow. more. Um, but once you start going to League One, League Two, um, you have to consider because certain people aren't on money like other people are, but um, you've got to think about more with your life, your family, and stuff like that. So you've got to. Make ends meet sometimes. If you're in the Premier League, you don't even have to look there. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Green and Morning Show. If all you can do for next season is do the double over Sunderland, I think that'll be a job well done. And if you can get promotion at the end of it, I think that'll be the cherry on top of the cake. Yeah. Oh, well, that, I was good that the season stopped last time because we had Sunderland on the last game of the season. And I was in <laughs> Robin League one. And they, if because we were top of the league at the time, so if we were top of the league, they would have to do it. What is it? The when they have to line up and clap you out. Oh, oh God, God. Oh, yeah, so they, they, would have, they would have done that for me and all the lads. Oh. So that's why I was gutted because I missed out on that because we, we came, we were, we were top at the time. So, but yeah, if we can do the double over them and they give oh, a lap of, uh, lap of honor, that would be unbelievable. 
you would have had to have wore a Newcastle shirt under you. I've considered it before, you know, having someone under me top, like up, up the millers, up the mags. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> or or like um, the Lincoln striker did in the playoffs, just wheel oh, away after he scored doing the Shearer. Yeah, but the, there's uh, I didn't tell you this. The Sunderland away game, Farquharton, when we scored the second goal, I remember I'm doing this to me fans, and two of me mates who are Sunderland fans are literally sitting, I'm not even lying in this corner. Kids <laughs> <laughs> was abuse swearing at us. I was just pointing at them, laughing at them. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's oh. absolutely mint. Uh, Sam, where can everybody get this podcast? Uh, it is available on all podcast outlets. Subscribe, rate five stars. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then the links to the other shows are in the description. Dan, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely brilliant. Been good. I'll see you later. Cheers, Fantastic. Dan. From myself, Jonathan Greer and Sam Mulner, and the Rotherham United midfielder, Dan Barlazer. We'll see you all very, very soon. <laughs>